So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. All right, I got a four-star review from Lucas Kukwa. Lucas Kukwa says, good content but terrible audio. This show has some great guests and content, uh, but the audio is always of the poorest quality. It is always louder than all the other podcasts and just blows my speakers laughing out loud. Better quality in than editing phase and volume limiting software and control. I'm not sure what Lucas is trying to say there. I think he's trying to say, uh, and then he says, thanks for the content. I think he's trying to say, can't you fix it? So it's so loud. I, you know, here's the thing. I got a loud. I'm, I just talk loud. My wife is always throwing me out of the house when I'm on the phone. Like, go outside and talk. I don't know why you can't just like turn it, turn down the volume. And again, we've we've addressed this. I mean, I've, I'm, you know, I can't control. I only can control the guest audio so much. But uh, my audio is uh, for now on. It's always, always, always done with a PR40, which is a $450 microphone. So. Everything from here on out should uh, be fine. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest. This guest has been in the news a lot lately, and I reached out there and I said, man, we got to get in, got to get you on the show because it's a very interesting topic that we're going to talk about. She is in real estate sales, but she focuses on the weed industry, and uh, she has a company called 420 Estates, 420estates.net. If you don't know what the hell... 420 is that is the you know official number of cannabis i really don't know where it came from maybe you can describe where the hell it came from but uh a lot of people say what time is it 420 it's kind of like <laughs> jimmy buffett's it's five o'clock somewhere it's time to have a cocktail if it's five o'clock and they you know the weed industry gets a 40 minute head start on that so uh but anyways let's just not go too deep i'm gonna just uh, let her talk. I have uh, Dana Wallace on, and uh, we're going to get into some nitty gritty on uh, how her real estate sales business is cranking things out. So, Dana, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, to be speaking with you today. Hey, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, about your company, that sort of thing, so we can get to know you better. 
Sure. So I am a real estate broker. I have my own company and I specialize specifically in legally compliant cannabis properties. And now um, with the newly passed U.S. Farm Bill late last year, um, which now allows you to cultivate hemp like a regular um, ag commodity through a certain registration process, um, I also specialize in hemp properties and working on some projects in that arena as well. Wow. And how long have you been a real estate agent? Uh, since 2002. And then I became a broker in 2014. So, so you opened your own company in 2014. Uh, yeah, I actually started it more probably early 2015. Yeah. Did, did you do that because your broker was intimidated by you <laughs> specializing in marijuana properties? Actually, no. Um, so I've al always specialized in investor projects. So whether it was through the foreclosure period, um, I worked with some of the larger groups in the Bay Area who were buying up homes to turn into rentals. Then when that slowed, I worked specifically uh, for a boutique company out of Oakland. And that was with, you know, several different investors who were doing flip and renovation projects, lots of Victorians throughout the Bay Area. Um, and that was pretty exciting. But when I saw legalization was more than likely going to be voted through in California, um, I decided that I was going to start my own company and specifically align it to cannabis. And I don't think any of the bigger companies at the time especially would have appreciated that. So it was best to, to do this on my own. And so now the company, is it just you? Do you have other agents? Kind of how's it set up? Right now, it is just myself, and I am probably going to be bringing on a couple agents. That's kind of part of my business plan uh, for the next year is to bring on a couple agents. Um, obviously, it's a really complex industry, and you know, I'm I'm ready and willing to uh, educate other agents on what the process looks like for um, having a legally compliant cannabis property. Um, but right now, it's it's just me. And okay, so let's get to some nitty gritty. So how many houses have you sold in the last 12 months? So I have sold properties and leased cannabis properties. So mm. no houses. Um, however, I have sold land with greenhouse. So in Mendocino County, I did a transaction with a legally compliant cannabis farm. She was fully permitted. The house, or excuse me, the property had a house, a two-story industrial shop. There was a detached garage. There was a greenhouse. And then there was a outdoor garden that was built for growing um, outdoor cannabis. Um, and that was all permitted through Mendocino County. And she had gotten her interim state permit. It was a beautiful property, had a view of Mendocino Lake. I did another one in Felton in Santa Cruz. That was another gorgeous property. And then my others have been warehouses through either sales or leases. Wow. Okay. So, so this is interesting. So we're not calling them houses. We're calling them legally compliant. What do you call cannabis, them? Cannabis farms, cannabis properties, cannabis, cannabis estates. Cannabis estates. Okay. I.E. 420 estates. So, so yes. let, let's, let's talk about what did like, so, so for people out there listening, like, what does that mean? Like what, what makes something that you sell and or rent 
different, you know, not the fact that it's cannabis compliant, but I, I think what we're looking for, what is cannabis compliant? Why would someone say I need a cannabis compliant property? These people that are, you know, just elaborate on all this, please. Sure. Sure. So, They need a cannabis compliant property because that is part of our newly regulated recreational commercial cannabis industry here in California. So there are certain requirements. There's actually a lot of requirements to make a property or a commercial property compliant. And that actually varies from municipality to municipality. So, you know, Oakland may have one set of ordinances and they may be allowing so many cultivation sites, so many dispensaries, so many delivery, you know, compliant zones where they're going to allow these businesses to set up. And then you could go to Sacramento and they may have a moratorium on adding in new delivery cannabis businesses. Or you could go to a smaller municipality and they may say no retail stores at all, but will allow cultivation and manufacturing. So it really varies from municipality to municipality here in California on what it's going to take to make your property compliant. Um, are Are there some people who want to just live in a house and grow weed in the backyard and want to make sure that they're not going to get raided. I mean, like, like what, what, like, let's, there's so many different aspects of it. I know one by one, let's just say we start with, you know, the Joe Schmo who wants to buy a house and uh, have a little, uh, a greenhouse or a farm or something on there. Like what, what has to happen? Yeah. Let's say that's me. Let's say I want to buy one. Yes. Grow weed for my family. Yeah. So more than likely, what you'll be able to do is grow six plants for yourself. So if that's your idea and you want to buy a property. Yeah. Can anybody do that? Or or In in most municipalities, yes, you can. Because now that we've legalized it here in California, as long as you're over 21, you'll be able to grow your personal amount of plants for each adult in the house. So you and your wife may each be able to grow six plants. Um, So you, yeah. So you, well, I think at, at any given time throughout the year, you know, whatever. Yes. Okay. But that municipality might also say you cannot grow them open in the backyard or you can only grow them in the backyard or you can only grow them in an enclosed space in your garage. Because part of the, part of the complaints is it's it's, it's very poignant. I don't know what the hell the word is, but very, it smells right. It's very aromatic. Yes. Yeah. And so if you're not a commercial operation, you're not going to have those filters in place to subdue the odor that's coming from your cultivation. So yeah, so that's why if it's more of a personal grow, you got to look at what your municipality has laid out as far as where you can grow and, and how you can grow those six plants per adult. Okay. So other than the people coming to you that are growing six plants a piece for their family usage, what other types of people are coming to you to, to buy houses or buy, you know, rent? Yeah. So just to be clear, those people um, are more than likely not coming to me because they'd be buying more of a traditional residential right, right, home. Right. So my buyers and my sellers are people that have 
gotten through the permitting process and the licensing process. So they may have a cultivation property, they may have a manufacturing warehouse, and so they're looking for something, and I hate to keep using this term, but legally compliant, because that's how you're going to operate legally here in California. If you did not get your property permitted, if you did not get licensed as an operator to do that cannabis business activity, then you're not considered legal. And so um, I don't so deal with who, those got, properties. Got the license, and the, the, you know their lawyer got the license for them. Yes, sweet, I got one. And then they want to go out and open a farm so they could sell it to the dispensaries. Yes, um, right. That that's kind of the person. And you're like, I'll find you a place. And what do you look for when you're finding them a place? Then. So I look for properties that are either in the correct zone, which some municipalities will set up like a green zone, and they'll say this is where we allow the cannabis cultivation, manufacturing, distribution. If it's land with greenhouse, I'm looking for a property that, one, has either been licensed, you know, the owner's already obtained the licensing and is now looking to sell, or I'm looking for a property that's in the process of being licensed, or I'm looking for a municipality that has opened up their application process and now says, if your property is zoned, for example, ag, then or rural residential, then you fall under our approved cannabis zoning codes. And so then you can move forward with getting the property permitted and getting your license as an operator. Once you do that, then you have to also get your license with the state of California. And California wants you to have your local license first. So that's kind of my audience that I'm dealing with. Okay. And I know I invested in a dispensary in Maryland and, you know, there was a point in time where we were struggling uh, finding a place to land because because it's not federally legal, you know, most mortgages, if the commercial space had a mortgage on it, uh, that the mortgage would not allow the landlord or the owner, the person holding, the person with the mortgage, right, to lease to somebody that's not doing a federally legal business. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes. so we could only look at commercial properties that were paid off with no loan. Do you, is, do you help people do that too? Yes. So I help people either find the properties that are usually just owned outright. And so that owner can do whatever he wants with it. He doesn't have those traditional banking or mortgage restrictions on it because we are still federally um, illegal. It looks like we're headed in the right direction. That may, you know, at some point in the next few years, we may vote um, and, and get our bills passed that will make it legal federally. But until then, people are using um, private lenders, private investors. Um, there's different funding popping up. There's different cannabis banking being put together because, you know, otherwise you're operating in an all-cash business, which you know, poses a lot of security issues. So we're not quite there yet with our banking and our funding for these cannabis businesses, but we're making, we're making some great progress. And I do have some resources for my clients for either funding or banking. That where they could actually get funding and banking, uh, where it might be hard normally? Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, it it, there is a premium because it's cannabis and there are, you know, several hoops to jump through, even with those types of situations with funding and, and banking. But like I said, you know, having something versus nothing is, is much better for, you know, the cannabis professionals than it has sure. been. 
Okay, so now I want to ask you some questions that are going to pertain to everybody listening because some people might say, you know, you know, I don't smoke weed or I don't want to work with people that are, are growing weed or whatever, but I want to work with a specialty like Dana Wallace does. Like I'm going to take the concept of 420 Estates and do, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, working with a, a certain thing, whether it's, you know, the gay community or whether it's the you know, any, any other community or any other uh, specialty, you know, niche, you know, mm-hmm. as we say, you know, there's riches in the niches and they want to make their business only about that, right? Like, what is some advice can you give to someone who, you know, wants to build a real estate sales business in a niche? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I encourage it because, you know, it's, it's very competitive out there. So having that niche um, and really standing out, um, you know, above the crowd is very important to build a sustainable business in real estate. And, and that's something I've always tried to do because if you're not adapting and changing and and getting yourself into these specialty niches you know it can get scary in between the commissions and and trying to find you know what you're going to do next so I absolutely encourage niches and I would say that creating a story creating content who are you who you know what makes you a trusted resource for whatever niche you're going to go into, like you said, you know, it can be veterans or it could be teachers or it could be whatever audience you're going after. My story is that I do try to be different and I do try to get my story out there. I try to get my content out there, which is giving and educating and supplying knowledge so that I'm creating trusted relationships. You know, if you're throwing a fee in front of somebody and, and, you know, maybe labeling yourself as a consultant and you haven't built any trust in the relationship or who you are or what you can offer, then I think it makes your, your career much harder to excel and, and move up. So, so really creating that content and telling who you are. And like I said, I've always kind of chosen these specialty niches so that I can be different and so that, you know, I stand out from maybe some of the more normal traditional agents. Now, if someone wanted to buy a traditional house, would you work with them? Or, or I do. Not my specialty. No, I absolutely will. I, I do for family and friends. You know, I, I've done residential transactions. And, you know, in my prior years with working with real estate investors, it was residential houses that were being renovated. So, yes, I do some traditional real estate, but my main specialty and focus is definitely cannabis. And, and it keeps me super busy. So, yeah, like, like how many. Well, like how many houses have you sold, or not houses, how, how many pieces of, how many transactions do you do in a given month? So that's a great question. I actually would say that my business has grown over the last year because California implemented the permitting process. And these buyers and investors that came in to buy a property, they wanted a little less risk. So they didn't want the licensing to be in process. They wanted the licensing to be in hand. That made them feel much safer about you know, 
pouring their money like into a the pre-qualified investment. pre-qualified buyer. With a yes, loan. You know what exactly. I mean? So that started happening last year and is continuing now where the state is actually, they were handing out temporary permits. Now they're doing their permanent annual permitting and that's making my buyers and investors feel much better. Yeah, so they're, in, they're on a timeline too. Yeah. So in the last month, um, I've done three transactions. I've done um, two leases. And so things are really picking up. Now, last year, I did towards the end of the year, four to five transactions. The other thing about cannabis is that it's very complex and there is a lot of due diligence. And once a company or a person decides to buy someone's property and their business licensing, which is the cannabis licensing. So you have two separate transactions. You've got the real estate on one hand, and then you've got the business on the other. So now attorneys are getting involved. And when attorneys get involved, there's a lot of um, double and triple checking. And, and that makes these closing periods much longer than anything that you do in standard real, es you know, real estate. Like what's that mean? Like how long? You know, I had a deal that took six months to close. That was my longest. Others are three to four months. You know, they, they're, and they've got to talk about creating operating agreements. They've got to talk about transferring entities, transferring licensing. Each municipality may have something set up different for transferring the property and for transferring the licenses. Others, you're basically stepping into that owner, the current owner's entity, and you're becoming an authoritative member and they're getting voted off as a non-authoritative member. Mm. There, isn't a, a, there isn't an actual transfer in place through the state of California yet. So there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of involvement with attorneys to make sure that all the entity transfers and business um, transfers are being done right. Yeah. You know, a couple of thoughts. One of the things you could do, certainly, if, if you were game, is, is especially since you own your own brokerage, you know, start telling these people, hey, listen, I'm not going to take a commission. Or I'm going to take the commission and I'm going to, you know, invest it back in shares in your company. And suddenly mm -hmm. you're going to own, you know, at five deals a month, you could at the end of the year, you could own, you know, 30 to 60 or depending on how much. If you did every other one, you could you could be owning a lot of equity in in an in, in ascending business, let's hope. But uh, but let me let's talk about what what would you say the one thing is? right, that you've done, and, and again, not market-driven, not like, you know, not because the floodgates have opened on licenses, but just because what's the one thing that set you up so that all these people are suddenly calling you saying, you know, uh, Dana, I want you to be my realtor or my representative. What, what's the one, one piece of advice, one thing? Yeah, so when I started this and completely aligned my brokerage um, with cannabis properties, I was one of the only ones, one of the only women, one of the only brokerages that came out and said, this is what I do and this is what I specialize in. There was a lot of commercial real estate brokers. They had cannabis warehouses available, but there's, you know, they've got their commercial business. So they didn't just focus on cannabis. So just being one of the only ones set me apart. And then um, I got a ton of media attention. I was lucky enough to get asked How? to participate. I just, people looked up my website or they did a Google search and they found me. And so a newspaper would call or, you know, uh, an interview with one of the um, cannabis magazines or, or cannabis groups. 
And then I was lucky enough to be contacted by CNBC, and I was invited to be on a documentary with Marcus Limonis from The Prophet. He did a... Um, a series on cannabis and he did a whole um, segment up in Humboldt and so I was able to help them get onto some properties and get featured on that documentary and he actually put my website up and that just released okay, a so, flood of so calls. Let me slow this down so okay so Marcus Limonis from The Prophet and he was he was he doing like a profit deal where he was going trying to set somebody up no. in Humboldt County or he, he was just kind of it was like a documentary like information yeah it was a documentary so uh, the first segment was down in Southern California the second was up in Humboldt and so it was all about the changing um, landscape of the cannabis industry you know mm. what these guys had been through versus what they're going through now to be legal. Yeah, Murder and, Mountain, right? I saw yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, Murder Mountain was a whole different type of <laughs> documentary. That is that Humboldt? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. 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 I haven't watched that. Watch it on Netflix. But So he took you up there, and then he's was he's like, I, I got this real estate agent that's showing me around. I mean, like what? Um, well, basically, I, I represented um, quite a few property owners wanting to sell their, their farms that they were in the process of getting permitted at that time, most of them. And so CNBC reached out to me to give them some perspective on what's going on with the properties up there. And at first, you know, I think Marcus was really adverse to all of it. And, you know, by the end of um, the filming, his eyes were really open on, you know, how hardworking a lot of these people are and what it takes to be in the business. So, yeah, it was just strictly a documentary. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, like his typical shows on The Profit where he's actually helping a business owner succeed. So I think we got a lot of people in the audience here listening to this thinking, okay, where well, I'm in another state and the train's coming, right? It's either, it's either not passed yet in the state or it just got past medically and, and recreationals on the horizon and, and you know what I mean? So, and they're thinking, okay, obviously Dana was helped because she rode this wave. Like you said, all of a sudden, you know, as soon as the, the, the state became legal, it's like, you know, all this, all these uh, newspapers and magazines and television shows said, we need to find a real estate agent that specializes in weed. And you were the only one there. So they were able to, you were able to ride that wave. Luckily. Now, uh, some of these people are thinking, well, maybe I should get ready. Right. Because in my state, it's, it's absolutely it's becoming, it's going to become legal. And so with that being said, what advice would you have for them? Absolutely immerse yourself in educating yourself on cannabis. You really, when you're talking to owners of these properties, they want to know that you can tell the difference from a greenhouse and a hoop house. They want to know if you know the power situation at a warehouse. Do you know the right questions to ask? What do you know about cannabis? I grew up with the stigma. I was not um, into cannabis growing up. And so I just completely immersed myself in it. I was up till, you know, two or three in the morning some nights, just absolutely learning everything I could about the plant, which opened my eyes to all the holistic benefits and medicinal um, benefits of it as well. I just had no idea. So if you, you know, if your state's about to do this and you would like to be involved, you need to completely immerse 
immerse yourself and learn everything you can about cannabis and know where to research what your state's doing about their regulation and the local municipalities. How are they going to roll it out? When are the applications coming through? What types of properties? What zones? Because again, it you know, I can't even tell you what each municipality does in California because they're all different. So I have to go research, check out their ordinances, call their cannabis planning departments, their building departments. There's a lot of specific questions to be asking. Wow. And then, and then how do you respond to them? And I'm just trying to think of what they might be thinking. They might be thinking, well, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I do, you know, let's say they're doing 20 deals a year, traditional business, and suddenly they're going to go out there and put for the public, I am the weed agent, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm making fun of this, but they're going to put out there. Yeah. You said you put out there, my company name is 420 Estates, right? Mm -hmm. So, so they're going to go out there as being the, you know, cannabis friendly agent, which is, it's automatically going to rightly or wrongly classify them as a, an adult that smokes weed, right? Mm -hmm. And again, rightly or wrongly, whether they do or don't, and they're thinking, oh my God, then people are going to run away from me and be like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, yes. working with that stoner. So, and, and again, I'm, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but I'm perfect. No, you're not because I've been called many things. Yes. Yeah. So how do, how, what advice do you have for them thinking that? You're going to have to be resilient and you're going to have to be the type of person that becomes an authority and a resource like I said, knowing your answers, if you don't know the answers, go find them. You are going to deal with the stigma and the pushback. I mean, Marcus Limone has called me, you know, you want to be known as the pot chick. <laughs> I, I looked at my husband one night when I thought of this idea and I'd been researching cannabis and I said, I'm going to start my own company and it's going to be completely just about cannabis. And he said, don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. But he's, he's so he, he was worried you're going to take him down. Yeah. <laughs> so supportive and amazing <laughs> because it really took off, you know, and, and that was his point too. Well, now you're forever going to be known as a weed person. You're forever going to be known as associated with, you know, marijuana. And after reading everything about the plant and just, you know, we have a huge opiate epidemic in this country all over the world. I just did not care. I knew what I was standing for. I knew what I was representing. I knew that I'm only operating in the legal market. There's a ton of people still in the black market. And, you know, I just told myself, if you're doing everything right, you're representing properties that are compliant, I have nothing to worry about. This is an amazing um, opportunity and it's an amazing industry. I, I can't say enough about it. Yeah, well, you certainly you wouldn't, you know, if you just went and did, you know, regular old houses like you had in the past, you would have never been on CNBC. You would have never been on all these magazine articles and newspaper articles. And I guarantee you at the very beginning, you know what I mean? I mean there's going to be more and more. Yes. Now that they, one thing leads to another and these things are going to build on each other. Right. Yes. Um, so let me get let me ask some specifics I wrote down while we're talking because we're going a mile a minute here. What sure. what what is a hoop house? <laughs> So a hoop house, um, it's classified as an outdoor grow. So when you see someone who has an outdoor license, they're either growing straight plants in the ground or they're growing in these big burlap pots or raised beds. Or what they do is create a hoop house, which is PVC pipe shaped, you know, 
just like a greenhouse would be shaped in most cases, and then they're pulling plastic over it, and then they also have a light depth tarp. And that tarp is very dark and blocks out the light, and it'll trick the plants into flowering when the time when it's ready. So that's what a hoop house is. It's just really a makeshift greenhouse, but it is classified under the outdoor cultivation licenses. And then indoor is either in a warehouse or a facility or in a commercial, commercially sealed greenhouse, which has got climate control and lighting and all of that. Hmm. And from the beginning, our question, can you kind of explain your company's 420 estates? Obviously, you know what estate are what like could you know the the origins of 420 yeah so um what would happen is these kids um in silicon valley were meeting every day at 420 to smoke weed and it just spread and it became this yeah I mean, this overwhelming symbol of another word for weed or marijuana. So 420 stands for the time of day that those kids would go to their meeting place and smoke weed at that time of day. So it's, it's very, it's a symbol and very well known for cannabis. And I would rack my brain trying to come up with what I was going to call my company. And you can, you know, sit there and get ready to get ready. And I just said, all right, forget it. I'm going to do 420estates.net. Yeah, and so that's yeah. how I came up and with That's that. what you did. I, I guarantee there's some people on a GoDaddy right now going like, you know, weed real estate, cannabis real estate. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Well, this is great. Well, listen, Dana, this, is, this has been fun. I really appreciate you coming on and, Absolutely. and like, sharing so much candidly and, and that sort of thing. Is there anything, uh, any other pieces of advice you want to leave us with today? No, just, you know, definitely if you're thinking, um, you know, of specializing in a niche, it's definitely a, a great way to go. It sets you apart. And, you know, just like I said, be a trusted resource and really be able to answer a lot of your clients' questions, educate yourself on on what it is you're specializing in, and you can't go wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. And and Dana, as you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift. And guys, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this easy, right? I'm going to do uh, hybendigital.com backslash 420 estates. That's hybendigital.com backslash 420, the numbers, right? Not spelled out. And then the word estates. So on hybendigital.com backslash 420 estates will be Dana Wallace's free gift. What's your free gift? It's a cannabis property guide. So it's just a real basic summary of what the different types of cannabis licensing are and, and what to look for, you know, with cannabis properties. Just very basic, but kind of, you know, lays out a little bit of um, knowledge about what to look for in the industry. Oh, that's awesome, guys. That, 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 that's a great gift. And, and of course, I'm going to put it in the Agent Success Toolbox, which could be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444-999 dana this has been a blast and guys by the way on on if you go to hybendigital.com backslash 420 estates uh put all of dana's contact information so you could follow her on social media you could reach out if she has if you have questions she'd be happy to help absolutely thank you so much thanks so much to you for coming on today absolutely Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable 
items from each guest helpful. Please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show and we love your feedback. So thanks guys and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.